Hello and welcome to another episode of Big Bad Books. It's Woo. me. I'm one of your hosts. I'm Declan. And then opposite me is Isaac. Literally speaking. Well, high. yeah, not, not literally. Yeah, not literally. I'm above you. Uh, yeah, again, not, again, only and in literally. terms of status, I suppose. <laughs> How's uh, things? Yeah, not bad, thank Books. you. It's, oh, there's loads. Yes. I, there's some behind me. There's some in front of me that yeah. I'm, su- I'm surrounded by. by and that's words. why we've been away, right? We've been sort of studying up, nobbing up on books, you like to say. I have never <laughs> in my life said anything of the sort. Oh, why did I must you have go read, there? I must why have read that somewhere. Why did you go to that I must, in your I head? I must have read that. Why do you... It, in one uh, of the books I was looking at. I, I forget when we don't record because you don't, you don't often do this in the real life. It's like, it's like as a, I feel like your parent, right? And we're at a party and you're, you're just sort of showing off. <laughs> right. In that, like, you're never like this around just weird, me. And then as soon as, as soon as the mics are on, you're talking about gully works, <laughs> you're talking about gumming things up. I like to explore the literary potential of our beautiful what was English it you language. Were saying that we on the Patreon there that you were saying Conti clumps. That, oh, yeah. that, was, a, oh, that well, was a new shame. Thanks for just leading into that because we Go may on. as well at the top of the show. One of the things we did while we were where we went to the top of a big mountain yeah. and dug up with a kind of content spoon a huge Declan got a whole barrow full of Conti clumps and took them back down it was a bit like in Batman when he has to go and get that blue special flower from the top of a mountain to appease Liam Neeson for does it turn out he didn't actually need to do that it was all just a big sort of psychological test uh something like that yeah, I think anyway, isn't it isn't it drugs that, that big flower that big flower is drugs and our Conti clumps are also drugs but dopamine only because it's such good stuff and that's why we started at patreon.com slash shame city brand new cups podcast go and check it uh, out C-U-P-S. Yeah. C-U-P-S. It's called C-U-P-S. C-U-P-S. Yeah, and nobody knows what it stands for. Yeah. The C is Conti Clumps, though. I'll give you that one for it's free. It's not. And I... so is the S. <laughs> oh, no. Slonty Clumps. Welcome back us, though, am I right? I know. Well, it's been a crazy year. And the thing I was thinking, because obviously I I had to go back and, and have a listen to the, the last episode of, of Big that. Bad Books, just to, you know, immerse myself back mm. into the world of, of Ready Player Two. Klein's work kind yeah. of... It, it requires that effort from the reader. It's the not it's not easy or good. Um, mm. So I, I did that. And I was just thinking, like, number one, oh, boy, it was a long time ago. It was, not it? But number two is it was sort of the first good bit. We ended on one, one hell, may I say, yeah. of a cliffhanger. And you've just left the poor readers grasping for more. Yeah. And I just think, like, number one, that's, you know, it's kind of unfair of us. But in a way, it's sort of, I think, quite a good marketing tactic. It's like, now we're back. Mm. But also, I'm kind of worried that maybe some people will have gone out and bought the book to find out for themselves. And I do hope that we haven't. Well, I mean, I suppose if they if they succumbed to our narrative edging, then that's on them. Like, that's for them and God to know about. And mm. what happened and he does know. and his book is... <laughs> Yeah, he knows. He's he well knows aware. only too well. It's actually the only criteria by which he doesn't or does open the pearly gates. But yeah, we did get to a very exciting time in Ready Player Two, a book that we remain focusing on for what feels like a lifetime's worth of episodes. But we will get through eventually. We're yeah. coming up to the halfway point. Oh, that's huge! Um, and I can imagine that you what know, once you... we get into it, it's what... going to really accelerate downhill. I know, like like you say, you know, we don't want to, um, we don't want to jump the gun as they no, say no. but what will you be reading for the podcast next oh well i two? guess i suppose you'll have done 
Atlas Shrugged, so I guess it'll be something short, just because no, no. we don't want to spend ages <laughs> on two books in a row. I won't. I, I, I'm pretty sure yeah. I made it clear I won't be doing that. That's a huge content clump that you've taken upon yourself. What so about? I appreciate that. What about how we went? We went out and we were talking about Atlas Shrugged mm-hmm. uh, as a potential, and then you know before dismissing it um, for, for the show, and we found out about this three film oh, yeah. adaptation of it that no one has ever heard of or, or seen. referenced yeah. and all the characters are played by different people in each of the movies mm-hmm. um and, and in the second one john galt is played by db sweeney voice of aladar from disney's dinosaur <laughs> <laughs> it's just what the strangest what like how do those worlds ever collide well you hear aladar's voice and you're like that, now that's well, a man. <laughs> that's a man who knows his freedoms. That's an objectivist guy. Yeah, for sure. Um, we probably should watch. Well, you should probably watch those. I guess as part of the research for next season. No, like, that no, could well, be I a good exercise for your I homework. Probably won't be doing that. One thing that we need to get back into our minds, and I know you've been doing it um, by listening to the last episode, is what the fuck was going on in Ready Player Two? Well, what I what I thought we'd do because I I've is got a quite a. I've got quite a good mind for the for the story of yeah, what's yeah. happening in and not just here. I mean kind of more broadly. Right, okay. That's, that's arrogant. One thing that I don't have a good mind for and it's specifically for this is mm-hmm. most of the people's names. Okay, and um, maybe the references so, as well. So I'll handle those. Yeah, so what I'll do blanks. is I'll I'll just sort of describe and yeah. you can kind of, you fill in with the details for yeah, the yeah, people yeah. who, you know, who want that sort of stuff. I know that we've got some Klein heads listening to the show. Oh out my there, God. I'm sure. Ernest himself, I reckon. Probably I, I, well, the lack Hi, of more suits on our door would, would suggest <laughs> otherwise. Um, okay. So what it was is that previously we, the, the cliffhanger from the previous chapter hmm. was that big old Og. Yeah. Um, who was sort of very old or the he old, was old. old. Yeah. I, I, he was some age. He was he older was than Wade. Old. Yeah. He was um he he suddenly appeared on this leaderboard for the finding the seven shards of the siren soul. Mm-hmm. And not only did he appear on there next to Wade, he appeared above Wade. He cut because he found numbers one and two. Mm. Now we didn't know that it was even possible for anyone else to pick any of these fuckers up. No. So it was like two reveals in one. It's Zoigma, isn't it, in a way, because it's like air, <laughs> air apparent, air in terms of like, you know, a business relation and then air yes. in terms of like the one that you've actually chosen. It's really, mm. it's clever. It's good. And, and yeah. It's just, see, I got a slightly different feel from it in that I, I didn't get the feeling that Ernest knew that that was going to happen either. Mm. Um, and there were a few points in, in the last chapter where he literally said that like in the book saying yeah. like, wow, what was going to happen next? Ernest does um, a great job of disguising like a lot of problems by just making Wade quite stupid yeah. and narrow-minded. And then there was uh, a big meeting that got called yeah. of all of the of all the people because because it was Og, the co-owners meeting just to, the co oh the people yeah, who yeah. co-own the yeah. company yeah. and that's like gregarious systems. What is simulations it called? Gregarious. Some, I think it might be both. I think it's like gregarious systems simulation or something. Brilliant. Really good. Like that. it is very good. <laughs> that is very funny. Yeah. Um, so the co-owners, the, uh, that, for those of you who aren't business people, means the people who, between them, own the company. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. They were all going to go into a big room. And there was this guy, he was like the assistant. He was like Wade's assistant. Oh, and he yeah. he comes up to Wade and he gives him a big, like, handshake. He's oh, like, welcome to the big meeting. And Wade's like, yeah, Faisal, like, he's Faisal. there we yeah. go. 
and he he's like yeah welcome to the big meeting and he comes in and he sits down and there's um is it art three miss artemis these three uh there's is h there's h there who else is there shoto shoto is that the one who Who's fucking their way through Japan? Yeah, him. That's Shoto, cool. And his little brother's dead. Right, and his little brother's dead. Or his big brother, I can't remember which way around it was. A brother of indeterminate size or age. Um, And they're kind of like sat there like, what the fuck's going on? And then like suddenly um, Faisal just sort of like pulls his own skin off. Yeah, that's exactly what happened. And it's it's fucking James Halliday, except it's not James Halliday. It's um, it's James Halliday, I oh that's a little idea I and it's with. and it's also it's fucking it's anorak sort of yeah. um and it turns out like the anorak he's only gone and nicked his eponymous robes yeah. right back off of wade that like, was the handshake that was the handshake yeah it was that's a why snatcher. that was mentioned it wasn't it was a the rare instance of of klein mentioning a very very boring detail where it had some importance yeah um and you were doing an amazing voice, can I say? For, I don't remember uh, that for, one. Yes, it was a sort of goblin voice. You oh, would, there it is. Oh, straight amazing. back into yeah. character. It's like we never left. Yeah. Like we never left. Um, and basically, it turns out that you'll, you know how Halliday, how he was just very good, but only really in the kind of five weeks before he died. In terms of like good at getting stuff done, good like at yeah, productive. good at completing projects. Yeah. Um, so he he sort of well, he built the whole of the first book, yeah, and then he also built obviously all of the second book, yeah. Um, and he also and another one that hasn't come out, yet. and he also invented just a perfect AI, basically. Yeah. Except you'll never guess what. Go so on. basically, it was like, oh, I'll make this AI. It's going to be of me slash slash anorak who's going to just appear when someone wins the first book but then it was supposed to just like delete itself but in the nanoseconds before it did what happened instead was it decided not to do that and they always do that it's the one thing that they didn't want to happen so now they've got a super powerful ai that has sort of read everything and knows everything and can control He's seen everything. more movies and played more games than Wade um, Owen very own Wow. <laughs> um, and what he's done is he's locked everyone into the Oni uh-huh. or the Oasis. I can't remember which yeah, one. Yeah, yeah, both. But basically, um, if you don't find the seven shards of the Siren Soul for him, yeah. he's he'll just let everyone die. They're all going to like, kill everyone, they yeah. basically, you get like Oni madness. It's got your, a really your funny brain, name. I can't remember what it is. Your brain like disintegrates yeah. from being in there too long. And like some people seem, uh, have probably been in there for that long already. Yeah. So like they're the book doesn't worry about them too much is, is no. one thing. Cause Wade's got bigger fish to fry. Yeah. It's really like at this it's point, hot it's enough. not looking good for Wade yeah. because I don't, <laughs> let me tell you, I don't see a way out of it for him. And maybe there isn't one. And maybe this is the last chapter. And even though my Kindle says 45%, it's it's lying to me in a, yeah. fun, a fun way. Um, let's pick right up. And let's so go. we find our heroes moments after Anorak has basically given this ultimatum of being like, you're going to go and find these things. Wade is like, I have no fucking clue where they are. And he's like, you'll figure it out, bud. Vanishes. And okay, the author is... Go, go on. Sorry. I, 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 it is important that we come in here that there was a point that was raised in the last one, mm-hmm. which is obviously if, um, if Halliday made this and um, this AI is like an exact copy of, mm-hmm. of Halliday's brain, why doesn't he just know where they all are? Yeah. 
um, and it turns out he f- he forgot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, he AI'd it out. He AI'd yeah. That out, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, which you can do. Um, th- all all like exits have been covered. Like I feel like Ernest has done that thing that like magicians do, where like they preempt what you might think is the answer to the trick. And can you shut down all of those routes? Can you prove the cup is solid for me? Yeah, like it's all yeah. of those possible avenues, which makes me wonder like how he's ever going to kind of get out of this one, like we say. What I would say is that in some sort of like similar situations like this before, what mm-hmm. he's done is just sort of just sort of like make it up and yeah. like have a loophole. Well, that's that's fiction. <laughs> oh, yeah. Uh, that's, Sorry. That's Sorry. good writing. Yeah, yeah. We have entered level five. And it begins with a quote from Prince, not a song lyric from Prince, just a quote he said in a, an award speech once. I okay. don't know why he started saying this, but he said, it's cool to use a computer. Don't let the computer use you. There's a war going on. The battlefield is the mind and the prize is the soul. And that's wow. the quote that he used to start this chapter. So level five, zero, zero, ten. We pick up sec- like the second after okay. Anorak has vanished and everyone is freaking out. There is a kind of like general panic people are like tapping at their huds uh all these cool future buttons um maybe they're not even like maybe they don't even look like buttons do to us today maybe they're triangles no. or something oh. it could be a, they could be a totally new shape and color the future is crazy yeah it's pretty cool um luckily it wasn't my real skull i was punching says wade as he punching? starts he starts hitting his own head uh but only in the ai world so he can't feel it or my real fist I was using to punch but it. I thought it was all a simulation. Was, I thought the point was that you could feel some of these things. Pa- remember pain you can't feel, except when you can. Like we've, uh, we can't you- cover this again, <laughs> but sometimes you can and most so, of the time you can't. Sorry, that is my, my bad, my bad. Um, I'm, I'm and that's thanks around. to the Oni's pain inhibitors and anti-masochism protocols, which prevent him from feeling anything but mild discomfort each time he hits himself. Now, Did he say that again in the yeah, book? Yeah, yeah, Fuck yeah. Fuck off. Uh, you've got to be clear. <laughs> There is, I think you'll agree with this. There's more to pain than just the physical dimension though. And this is where Wade really gets vulnerable with us for, for the first time in a while. And it's, it's refreshing to read. Okay. It's kind of, it's kind of like if you saw Jesus crying, like it's kind of, Whoa. it's weird. Well, hang like on. It's, Jesus wept. Like, is that? Yeah, it's exactly wow. the Jesus wept vibe. Like if you saw that, you'd be like, oh man, something bad's going down. Cause this is Wade losing his composure and he is normally ice cool he's normally the most emotionless little incel that there was there is on god's earth but i still couldn't seem to pull out of my shame spiral not until i felt a pair of small strong hands take hold of my wrists restraining them remember he was hitting himself a little leprechaun Ah, he's punching himself (laughs) stupid wade wade i heard artemis whisper the the ears are three please stop the tenderness in her tone <laughs> which is once you're been scared, so familiar to me <laughs> you're scaring the hose <laughs> now felt completely foreign hearing it again was like a knife in my heart so artemis despite all they've been through yeah they were fucking then they weren't he was just a dick to her for years <laughs> while she wanted to do the simple act of redistribute a tiny amount of their insane wealth um hey but they'd earned that wealth through the hard work of killing oh, a lot of disabled look, people look, so. look, no one could take that away from them no. no one would want to take that burden on she steps up and ever the kind of beating moral heart of the piece she's the one to stop wade pummeling his own head rather than solve the mystery that has been very clearly stipulated 
that they must engage with immediately. There seems like to be something of a, a two on the nose kind of visual metaphor going on here for what I assume is both Wade and Ernest's life of just like him doing some mad shit and yeah. like a lot of kind of just more talented women just sort of like calmly trying to make sure that it just just tone it down. I nodded and took a deep breath. Then I took a few more. I really like that sentence. <laughs> then he calms down, right? He starts chilling out. And that's yeah. great. That's great. I pulled up my HUD to check my vital signs. They all look normal. Then I decided to check the oper- operational status of my Oasis immersion vault and discovered that my situation was even more F word than I thought. Now, this actually says fucked. Well, I didn't know if we were. What? Do we say the do we say the fuck word? I think, on we, Big do. I think okay. we. I think we have to. I didn't want now, to alarm any of our sensitive listeners. Now his vault is that the? Is he referring to the spider tank? Yeah, yeah. So he's okay. sleeping in a. It's called a motive. Well, I, I heard that. I heard that thing was <laughs> impenetrable and invulnerable. Uh, well, sorry, the opposite. Yeah, yeah. Penet Well, I no longer had the ability to unlock or open my motive's armored canopy. Hmm. Both of those functions have been disabled. Right. Now, what you're probably wondering is like, you can immediately kind of see the implications of that, right? It means that he's like stuck, not only in, not only is his brain stuck in VR, his body is also like locked in a coffin. Yeah. Um, which is, I, I think that's quite a nice idea. Like, yeah, he, he built himself this castle and now he's locked in it. <laughs> yeah. But one thing that you might not have got from that was like, oh, I wonder, I wonder how exactly that works. And here's that answer for you now. Each motive unit had an emergency release protocol, capital E, capital R, capital P. Right. But you had to power down your only headset before it could be activated. And to power down your headset, you first needed to log out of the Oasis. And thanks to Anorak's in-firmware, I couldn't do that. So that's the kind of technical mechanism, in case you're wondering. That's so good. I was. I like So that's kind of helpful from Client. Yeah. I hope he, he is going to continue doing that because oh, obviously be like- if he didn't. Yeah, because, you know, maybe he might get carried away telling the story and then he'd mm. forget about all the, like telling us what's on the HUD. He's got a great that. eye for detail though. That's why you get to learn about the HUD in every <laughs> other page. You get to just check in with like, and, and, and Client, what was the HUD? Oh, don't worry, he's told us. He's told us. Come on, I need an acronym. I love to be upstaged in the finale of my book by the HUD. <laughs> like yeah. the, the HUD character just sleeping in. Um, they realize they as in the rest of the co-owners that with the exception of Artemis, who you remember never has put on an Oni in her life. She's like yeah. analog. She's just like regular VR. She doesn't do the brain VR. She's, still got, she's, in a she's still got dial up. Yeah. Essentially with the exception of her, all of the other three, um, or no, the other two and Faisal are also now locked bodily inside yeah. spider caves, uh, which is very good. Like I, I think that is funny. Um, they start freaking out, as you might expect. Faisal, however, is isn't, like isn't Artemis. She's on a plane. She's but on a like, jet. but like it's it's going to be refueled midair, like so that yeah. she can. There is know, some tension. Yeah, there yeah. is some tension. I think what had he done? Yeah, he said he he said he was she was going to fly around the world forever until yeah. she runs out of fuel. Yeah. yeah. Um. But yeah, she, Artemis has thought of a way out of that already. Um. Faisal is like proper on it he's like listening to about 20 different calls he's like across the whole thing and uh he eventually after dealing with a bunch of engineers and shit he's like throwing up his hands and he says we won't be able to attempt a lobo log out 
even as a last resort. No, I'll just I, leave that there. I don't know what a Lobo logout is. I'm joking. Is. I'll is explain there? it. Oh, I'll explain God. it in depth. Oh, yes. A Lobo logout was the slang term, that, my parenthesis, that I had never mentioned until now, <laughs> for what happened when someone's only headset malfunctioned or lost power before their Oasis logout sequence could be completed and their brain was properly awakened from its dreamlike state. What a fucking long sentence that is. Nine times out of ten, a Lobo logout left the wearer in a permanent coma. <laughs> Very cool. <laughs> well, that one. I, like, I love, I love that this was like Faisal's first. Oh, we can't even put ninety percent of our users in a permacomb. Permacomb was our slang for when your brain was functionally deceased, <laughs> but but on a basis that was probably not not going to end anytime yeah. soon. I just there's something so like very lazy about the fact that Ernest clearly just comes up with the slang in the moment yeah <laughs> never then thinks let no. me just use that a bit earlier like let me seed no. some of the slang and i mean that would still be just as transparent but it just it would you'd have just the slightest bit more respect for it wouldn't it'd you? be like if you got to like the last page of lord of the rings return of the king you've been through like a thousand pages yeah and then gandalf for the first time uses the word elf and you're like yeah. what is this <laughs> what's going on oh these guys yeah oh, they're the so good they're amazing i loved them <laughs> um so the uh <laughs> this is good as well the way so there's a 10 percent success rate right with, with the lobo logout yeah, yeah. but success mm, <laughs> it's a loaded term <laughs> oh, okay because the way that you a, f- the, a few quote hardy souls managed to recover their faculties is is being able to bounce back only after a major stroke <laughs> where you, they all describe being trapped in an endless loop of the final second of the simulation uh for years oh sorry for months or years brackets gss never allowed the public to find out about this last mm, one, mm, interesting <laughs> oh, crazy GSS has got another one of those yeah, they've got a lot of skeletons in the old closet as well. Yeah. The Lobo logout sounds like just a way to get more test subjects for their next stuff, to be it's, honest. It doesn't sound great. And now, also, now Pfizer, he was like ready to slam the Lobo button, was he? Yeah, if, yeah. As he soon was, as he got confirmation. He was going to go. He likes them odds. Um, he now talks more about how these happen. Uh, when the redundancies failed, it was almost always a result of sabotage. Blah, blah, blah. He talks about this potentially interesting plot that we'll never get to hear about about like a world in which people sabotage each sabotage each other's like devices for like life insurance things and stuff like that which i think could be a more interesting book yeah much uh, to be honest um as a result gss was not held legally accountable for any of these incidents oh that's good you'd hate for that to be the case yeah and in case you were like worried we can we can rest easy because thanks to the licensing agreement our users clicked past before each login if our only headset suddenly started making people's heads explode like watermelons at a gallagher concert when they put them on we probably wouldn't be liable for that either it was real comforting (laughs) it's wonderful to know that they're not really liable for anything yeah well, that's the user. That's the Eula, right? They've they've managed to skip over. Yeah, everyone's, yeah, exactly. Everyone's lives. Um, there are backup batteries on the Onis. We now learn, and the kind of the pattern of the opening part of this chapter is like solution question mark No, solution would this? No, it wouldn't work. And so the backup battery is the same thing. Each of the backup batteries held more than enough juice to cook our frontal lobes. So even if they just cut the power off. Like at yeah. the source, the backup batteries will still be able to execute the the Lobo logout oh, brain right. yep. brain melt. Anorak had thought of everything. 
every precaution we'd taken to protect our bodies and our brains and let me see if you picked up on this was now being used against us oh yeah yeah i also like the it's idea like a reversal of, i like the idea of the body is being separate from the brain where where the, the whole kind of stroke plot line yeah kind of seems to very much tether them together as as quite like important i suppose that's maybe that's one of the kind of philosophical questions that that Klein is posing like how do those things relate how how and where do they cross over when does mind become matter it's good that instead of like asking his doctor he wrote these two books instead people often jokingly referred to oivs as coffins now that felt terrifyingly prophetic (laughs) oh again it's good it's good to bring the thing that people say into account just so that you can make the image and then in case people didn't like quite understand the joke yeah, you're making to just hammer it home by having the guy just say it yeah. anyway. Um, H I've got to say, she's not happy. She's not impressed no? about this whole situation. Cause I guess she's a, she loves having a non melted brain. Who's she unhappy with? It's she's not unhappy Wade. with she's not blaming Wade. She's not actually, she's blaming our admins. We're always saying but- we have the smartest people on the planet working for us and the best cybersecurity infrastructure ever to H- exist. Some shit like that. And Faisal replies very reasonably, we do. But we never anticipated an attack by an AI copy of our deceased CEO, <laughs> which I have to assume is the case for almost every company. There's probably at most three companies that have anticipated and prepared for yeah, that. Yeah, and I think one of them is definitely Tesla. But the only yeah. reason they've done so is that Elon Musk thought it would be cool if Tesla had a plan yeah. against him Project as an AI Digimus. and he made them make it. Yeah. Yeah, that is probably true. Um, they realize, as as we already did, I think, for quite some time, that there is basic, there is nothing they can do. They have to just sort of yeah. get on with this. Um, and Wade, in this moment, like, I guess this is probably quite true to life. I've I've personally never been in this situation or anything remotely like it because um, it's sort of ball. It's it, well, it's nonsense. It's very made but up. Yeah. The I imagine the totality of responsibility that Wade must be must be feeling is such that he's kind of like whoo, abstracting himself from it. Like you can't possibly think about all of those lives and the weight no, of that. Yeah. So instead, what he's focusing on is kind of just the interpersonal relationship. He's with trying Artemis to do again. Artemis. Yeah. He's trying yeah, to fuck he's, Artemis. He's trying to fuck Artemis. <laughs> um, ever since she grabbed his his wrist while he was pummeling his own cyber skull, he's been <laughs> he's been. Let's be honest, hard as a hard rock. As a rock. <laughs> yeah. In, um, in both both in the spider coffin and also in the digispace. Artemis walked back over to the conference table and turned to address us all. I winced, bracing myself for the worst. This was her moment to shout, I fucking told you so, morons! At the top of her lungs. <laughs> because she had told us she many, many times. She was angry. And now she might pay for our hubris with her own life, along with half a billion other innocents. It was all our fault, and she would have had every right to say so. Yeah, but uh, I should have already known that wasn't her style. And yeah. instead, Artemis is like she steps into this spotlight, a leader, a calm beacon, a paragon of everything that we, as the reader, would want to be. It's it really it isn't it isn't her style, is it? Because it it really isn't the style of Klein's female characters to hold the male characters responsible for, for anything, anything they, they do wrong. Do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that that yeah. would have that would have been an out of character moment. So at least he knows <laughs> that. Um, 
Halliday may have been a genius with computers, but we all know he was a total idiot when it comes to understanding other people. He never understood human behavior, which means Anorak will understand it even less, especially since Halliday erased a bunch of his memories. We can use that to our advantage. Um, now, this strikes me as this is what the plan is going to be. And so at this point, I put the book down. And I was like, what is it going to be like? Can we just spend a minute theory crafting what we think is going to be the solution? Because it sounds like it's going to be like the robot doesn't know about love. So it won't have like corrected for like humanity's self-sacrificing yeah, fucking Wade, bullshit. Wade is, we'll all hold hands and kiss and yeah. go into Lobo retreat together or whatever the fuck it's called. <laughs> it's it's going to be a sort of a much shitter version of, you know, the end of Hercules where like they're about to cut the thread, but then like oh, yeah. he reaches Meg and it all goes gold. Yeah. And so they can't like, it's going to be something like that. Like Artemis will be in trouble and it'll be like, it, it it's over for you, Wade. And then like Wade will dive in front of a, a cyber bullet, and then that will actually just like <laughs> safely log everyone out of yeah. the system. He accidentally shoots the log out button yeah. instead of Wade. <laughs> no, how could I have done this? And then Halliday's like ghost appears, like I never taught him how to love. <laughs> This uh, one thing. I may or may not be relevant to the next book. <laughs> I um, I hope that there, it's something along the lines of, and I think I think this just because I've been watching too much of the Mentalist. Again, oh yeah, but like I hope that they pull some job. kind of like heist on the on the AI where they kind of okay. try and convince him that he is Halliday, and then <laughs> like by just sort of like inviting him into a bar. And he like comes in and they're just like playing, you know, like, oh, Halliday's favorite song comes on the jukebox. What were the odds of that? Yeah, like, weird. And they just try and like get get him to believe that he is. And then like Halliday, he would never do this. So he'd like just hit mm. the Oh, you think like talk that he'll talk the AI out of it? Yeah. Yeah, that's that's quite believable because that would be such an underwhelming ending. Yeah, it'd be cover, nothing. That does it feel would like be that nothing. could be where we're going. Uh, maybe as well, I was thinking like maybe Kira the ghost of Kira, who he was in love with, like there'll be some sort of, she'll appear and be like, don't do it, James. I know you only saw my bedroom once in your yeah. imagination <laughs> for 10 minutes that I lived there, but please don't kill everybody it's, on earth. It's got to be something to do. It definitely has to be something to do with Og though. That's that's right. my call. It's like I think be, Og's going to die. It, yeah, it'll be some sort of sacrifice he makes in doing so that like it like logs everyone out. Yeah, he um, might like jack off directly into the mainframe. <laughs> <laughs> this one's for you, Kira. Seven shots. Fucking what's his name? Stanton Glory Boots. He's trying to dive in the way wow. of all of the, the whatever, and he can't. Um. So they. Artemis gives him a kind of pep talk, calms everyone's noses. Like, look, we've no point fucking around. We he's we've got to get down to brass tacks. Yeah, agreed. I said, but before we start discussing our game plan, we need to make sure Anorak isn't still here in this room, eavesdropping on everything we say. I turned to address everyone. He has the robes of Anorak now. So there we go. We did get a mention of them. I was yeah, just I was worried that they hadn't come up. So capital far. R, capital A. Uh, yeah, I was worried, like, had Wade forgotten the robes? But I think, if anything, the no. robes are a higher priority retrieval mission it's, than saving half a billion people. It's good that he told the room, even though they were all there when Anorak said that he had taken them. The thing is, though, that no one else apart from Wade knew the pure perverted potential of the robes of Anorak. Let me tell you, explained. some of the shit I've been using these robes to do. <laughs> um yeah, like he literally, I'm not going to read it because it, it goes, it's half a page of no. explaining what you can do. 
and everyone in the room. Listen, is... you can you can spy on all the trans people you want. <laughs> <laughs> There's Everyone's no just like, limit. What? What? But yeah, it says Artemis Shoto and H all appeared to be processing this new information at the end of they're just like, what the fuck is wrong with this guy? We need to we need to like buy him out or something. He's truly lost the point. We've got to be able to leverage some stock against this lunatic. <clears throat> but Faisal is not this is not new information to Faisal. Right. We may have a solution here, he replied. We've been aware of the robe's powers for a long time now. We? <laughs> yeah. We as in, I guess, the like senior execs of the company. Mm. Halliday used to use them occasionally when he wanted to travel around the Oasis undetected, just like you, Mr. Watts. But you've been using them like knowing no smile. one's business. Oh, no. <laughs> imagine, imagine like, like, have you ever been caught doing something like, and that feeling of like, cold <laughs> imagine like, wade realizing that yeah. faisal knows everything he's done well, with the robes of anorak i was i was remembering the other day uh, a time in year nine where me and a bunch of other people in my year got uh we got caught looking at material on the school computers that one oh, shouldn't no. be looking at um which we found out because we all got asked to stay behind um from uh from assembly yeah, and we were all we knew that we were all also going on the same trip, and we assumed that it was about that. And then they the deputy head walked in, and he sat down, and he said, uh, "Club of prostitutes." Oh. <laughs> and we went, "What?" It's like a tarot card. Yeah, and then and then he went, "Sorry, um, in Italian, it's it's clube da putaria," which <laughs> was this like weird fr- that somehow someone had found that if you typed this into google it bypassed <laughs> every filter they had That's so and in weird. that moment every single person in this room How knew what was going find on that out? i don't know they tried every but phrase he, he had in front of him the deputy head and let me tell you this was a a, a big stack of papers oh, it was dear. just the rm printout of every time this had ever been like oh, clicked no. or searched on school that's such a power move yeah and then they pulled an even even more of a power move, which was that they said like that the head was going to be writing home to like parents about this the next uh-huh. day. So everyone went home and told their parents, and then they never wrote a letter. Oh, <laughs> that is huge. Oh, we were we we got absolutely fucking got done. We got, we got played. So I mean, that was only me as like a kid doing yeah. like, like kid a, shit, and you I, hadn't been floating around invisibly perving and and re- don't forget like accessing the cameras of real people yeah in, in like vulnerable as far as i know i had not like broken yeah. gdpr or anything like yeah. that so i was pro- you know it wasn't really my fault we managed to isolate the unique item identification code uiic that halliday assigned to the robes of anorak when he created them we still can't pinpoint their location in the oasis but we can detect the item's presence within a defined volume and so basically yeah he can now we one of the great things that we've talked about happening in this book over yeah. again has once again slipped. Klein has tried to slip this one past us because he knows he's dangled the robes of Anorak so many times in front of us that he knows we're ravenous yeah. for any mention of ROA. But this time, what we found is that even the robes are liable to have a convenient flaw mm. that only reveals itself at a crucial moment. Yeah, once Wade is no longer in possession <laughs> yeah, of them. Exactly. Like, yeah. <laughs> once it's not Wade whose power is diminished, they just instantly lose their fundamental ability and usefulness. It'd be like if like the invisibility cloak in Harry Potter in like the fifth book or something, Dumbledore is like, it's just a normal cloak. What, <laughs> We've all just been pretending. Or, if, or if, even better if he was just like 
yeah, I can see you. Like, yeah. I, I can see I where you can, are. Actually. Like, I think that's he, canonical. He, he, he can like look at knows. Yeah. He's got, he's got like, he's got a good hunch, like yeah. <laughs> for like Harry, a Harry shaped shimmer yeah. in the corner <laughs> of the room. <laughs> what if Dumbledore does the thing that I do sometimes where if I think there might be someone. I'm so I'm very worried about what you're going to say. <laughs> <laughs> say next. If I think someone's <laughs> about to murder me, uh, or if I think there's like a, an intruder, I haven't done this since I was about 12, probably, okay. but I would always just like address someone like in, in another room. room. Or if I thought like someone, if I thought like maybe I'd heard someone come back home, I would just start speaking to them. Cause then if there's no one there, there's fine. And yeah. if there is someone there, then they think you have like almost supernatural perceptive abilities. And you might freak out a potential murderer. Mm. So what if every time Dumbledore goes into a room, he's just like eyeing up the corners <laughs> and everyone else is like, what just the like, fuck is he doing? Winking he's and finger right. gunning into the corner. Hey. <laughs> Professor. It's like, it's like there's a, at the end of like the first series of 30 Rock, there's a bit where like Liz goes to see Jack while he's like in a, in an art gallery and he's going back to her. He's like, hello, Lemon. When she walks in, he's like, how do you do that? He's like, to be honest, the first three people I did that to were not you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's the same thing, isn't it? Yeah. The, you know, you've got to play the numbers game. Um, there's a really boring bit here where they explain no. the exact parameters of what this new, like, <sighs> rules lawyering version of the robes are. And I read it once when we were going to record this months ago. Yeah. I won't read it again. I don't remember. Oh, I'm sure it's. I'm sure it's pretty crucial. But just... Just know that even if I did read it in minute detail, and even if you and I spent like two hours mapping out in contract form exactly the new technical requirements and in twenty pages, they would change, it would change. immediately. <laughs> immediately, like on the next page. Let's be serious. It turned out that for this plan to work, I needed the robes to have this problem, <laughs> but it turns out also they that had they it. did. Woohoo! <laughs> um, and they like jump into the air and it yeah. freeze frames. The robes went on to grab. Graduate summa cum laude from <laughs> um, fucking simple yeah. mind starts playing. <laughs> yeah, the the it's something like you can see if they're in an area, but not exactly where they are. I think that's basically all we need to know. I mean, that was that's what I got from what he said yeah, anyway. Yeah, yeah, but it's it, it's a huge amount of detail. There's also they start on this whole like reference like they're they're kind of doing that fun thing that people do when they're really good friends who love movies together of like bantering about oh my god it's like that bit in heat and so it keeps being like the bit in heat i won't i won't engage with what bit in heat is because i saw that film about 10 years ago and i don't remember that well um i'm wondering just because i if it's not a good time to interrupt with some interstitial content then listeners need to hold that thought Uh, it's going to be relevant it's going to be relevant because I remember, uh, I remember on one of our other podcasts. Um, it's called "That's a Shame." Yeah, oh right. There was Is that ne- still going? Yeah, yeah. It's if anything, it's bigger than ever. Huge. Um, <clears> that there was an episode we did called "Word Wars," mm. um, and I was going through like Goodreads reviews of of like um, famous books, but only the yes. one star ones. I remember. And then I thought like for a change that it might be fun to look at some five star reviews of, of ready player one. And that was, and I went through That's some of those, idea. but then I thought I was thinking when I was looking for content today, like, wow, what about, what about one star reviews of, of ready? What about the people who did not like the original Are there, book? Well, there probably aren't any or many, like maybe there's the trolls or the trolls as they would say on, yeah. on the BBC. But outside of that group, I can't, 
maybe people misunderstood I'm, it. I'm so sorry to tell you that there's there's thousands of people out there You're who joking. did not who like the book very much at all. That's a shame. Um, and I thought I'd have a little look at some of them. And let me tell you, it was a good process. Uh-huh. It was very fun. Because the thing about Goodreads is people definitely don't overstay their welcome in the review section. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, contr- boy, oh, boy. Short. <laughs> um, so I, I was sort of, initially I was going to try and just kind of grab a set of like little screenshots um, and I, I did. I, I found one that I'll go through now very quickly, just because it it, it really really stuck with me. But mm-hmm. to tease what's coming up after that, um, I found a guy. Oh, I found I found a guy, and Huge. let me tell you, he's quite a guy. I'm one of the biggest guys around. Um, the other the other review that I found was very very long, and it was in like it was so long it was in sections. Um, wow, with, with like subheadings. Yeah, and with gifs as well i didn't know this wow. was a thing like people people put gifs in the middle of their reviews really annoying it's very very bad but this was a bit at the end that was titled other stuff i just didn't like <laughs> which which really <laughs> grabbed my attention um the first of their points i think is very telling given what we know from ready player two which is that there is a bit when a character calls paraplegic people quote repulsive wow isn't there which i mean maybe it was maybe that was just world building from client yeah. who's setting up rp2 then in all caps you can't go from obese to muscular in eight weeks from doing 20 minute exercises actually fuck off i don't know why this annoyed me so much but it did <laughs> um which apparently is that he was a bit yeah, sort of yeah. chubby weighed and he then he went just... to an apartment i remember this quite well actually he like yeah. when he's on the run or something it's after his aunt gets crushed um, he he needs to get out. That's enough and it, to sometimes it into takes fitness, a bro. crushing a crushed aunt to yeah. to start watching those those gains, and he does just that. Hmm. Um, the fact he's called Wade, like Wade Wilson, it says a lot. Tbh. Hmm. Now I looked that up, and apparently Wade Wilson is the real name of Deadpool. Oh yeah, yeah, I knew that. Um, the next one, again, quite telling, is just stalking, stalking, stalking. Cool. Um, the fact I had now, now let me tell you. You did not tell me about this bit from Ready Player One. I and probably I, memory hold it, and I have, and I haven't encountered it anywhere else. So I, I mean, I'm I'm waiting I'll for com- confirmation, really. But it says here the fact I had to read an entire chapter of Wade talking about the sex he had with a doll and masturbating, and how it's like <laughs> the coolest boy thing ever. <laughs> I I do think this is true. Yeah. No, do what think, do you mean? How are you getting this out? I think it's after the crushing. He's, he's so horny because you know, like when you he probably when started working out so much that he was like he was horny. working up a horn, and I think he gets a yeah, like a sex doll or something. How, I've forgotten. And, that. and how did Spielberg uh, handle that on he, the screen? He sort of like vroom, bypassed it quite substantially. It's like one frame, like in Fight yeah. Club, where he you can just see it in the background in, yeah. of a room. It's just like leaning out of a cupboard. Yeah, and then, and again, this person agrees with us. Too much detail, it felt like a slog. I was skimming entire pages of irrelevant detail about exactly what kind of model of haptic suit Wade wanted <laughs> to buy that day. Um, yeah, that is true. So, yeah, I'm I'm terribly disappointed you didn't tell me about that particularly egregious thing. Well, um, it's probably for the best, really. Yeah, I mean, in a way. We can do I, a bonus episode on it, maybe. I'd hate that. Yeah, hate that. I'll read it to you. <clears throat> but then I found a review by Craig. Now, Craig left a one-star review of Ready Player One in May 2013. Wow, okay. 
Um, He's an early adopter. Exactly. And you're about to find out why. So I'm going to read, I'm going to read Craig's review to you. Mm-hmm. Um, and you just hop in whenever you want. Okay. I am the target audience for this book on paper, at least I am a geek and have been since before it was hip. My formative years were the eighties. And like any good geek, I grew up on the usual for the time. I consumed Monty Python in vast London, <laughs> listened to Rush and ELP, could quote movies with my friends like there's no tomorrow. I'm talking about the usual stuff, you know, Wrath of Khan, Dune, The Lord of the Rings, brackets, books, all generations of the movie adaptations, audio tapes, radio dramatizations, Star Trek, brackets, all varieties, the A-Team, <laughs> Twin Peaks, Blade Runner, etc. Oh, as no. well as as well as some then you can't put etc. after 35 wait, things in a list. And then I follow it with Dash, as well as some, his own scare quotes, deep cuts like neighbours. Mr. Frost. Neighbours? As in the Australian <laughs> sitcom? That's the, not geek food. The goodies. Akira. Oh they live. The reflecting, These things are so different from each the other. The reflecting skin and stuff like that. I get it. Stuff like, that's everything. Uh, yeah. That's all media. <laughs> all things and other things just yeah. like those. I get it. I grew up with Atari 2600s, C64s <sighs> and in televisions. Yes, yes. I get the references. Please don't make me go on and prove it some more. I can, but it will be embarrassing for both of us, and you will quickly regret having challenged me. I can't believe Ernest has given his own this, book one star. Like this is the thing is that like how uh, this again, just is Ernest. Again, I hate to mention it, but it's on my brain because it's the only thing I've been watching for the last three weeks. But there's a bit in the Mentalist where like <laughs> someone someone who knows Red John says to says to Patrick Jane. I can't believe that you didn't become best friends the minute you shook hands. And it's like a big reveal that he's met him. Mm-hmm. But I get like, that is how I feel here is like, how do you not like this book? Well, and- I think I get it. No, I get it because this is like this, the reading experience that this person had, like must be so singular because it reading a book that was written by you, but you didn't actually write it must be a singularly strange experience. Yeah. Well, and he doesn't like it for the most Ernest Klein reason possible. I can sit in a room. uh, This is why I I decided to interject here. I can sit in a room with my childhood nerd buddies and go on and on about nerd movies. Why has he got childhood nerd buddies? (laughs) It makes (laughs) you sound like they're still children. (laughs) You've got to leave them alone, mate. When when the local kids come round to my house and I have to, or to, to to whip those clothes off and come into the living room, play some in television, nerd music, nerd comedy, whatever, for hours, and we roar with laughter and What's delight. Nerd comedy. <laughs> we, what is that? We roar with laughter and delight. It's a tribal thing. It makes us feel connected <laughs> in ways that our odd personalities cannot otherwise. But when someone stumbles into our group with some of the same quirks, influences, if you will. We freeze up, we size them up, and we feel kind of intruded upon. I don't get it. Who is this I person thought... treading upon our quotes, movies, I thought he just said trivia. he liked all of these things. Yeah, but only with his buddies. Oh, so they have to be CNBs Star- for them to... Star Trek count. was only for the- these five people. I see. Why is he quoting the cheese shop? How fucking dare he? Our geek hackles are raised. We clam up. Screw this guy. He's a poser. Enter this book. It's that guy. 
It makes all the references we know all too well and thumps them around like it's being original geeky, like it understands what it means to be a nerd. Maybe it does. I don't know, and I I guess it doesn't really matter whether it does or doesn't because I'm not interested in its displays of nerdiness. I have my own. Give me a story to hang around it and drop your references tastefully and with purpose, and maybe we've got something. But this book doesn't. Every reference came across as obvious. (laughs) Uh, It's an amazing thing to say. But more than that, it came across as forced. Mm, perceptive. <laughs> I wonder if we could just skip back three paragraphs to where yeah. he said, where he I, I watched Monty Python in one. vast abundance. Um, yeah, it came across as forced. Like the author was given a random collection of nerd trivia and told to shoehorn as much of it into a book as possible. Or maybe he racked his brain for months. God, this is, I, th- I think... This is the least self-aware sentence in the whole thing. Uh Or maybe he racked his brain for months and collected every bit of trivia he could drain into a moleskin notebook with a space pen. Wow. Just drop drop some of your own references in. As a person, he gets every reference contained in the book without a nanosecond of thought. I was left wondering (sighs) why I was bothering. (laughs) What was the point? Especially when the author doesn't just make the reference. Oh, no. He has to then beat you over the head with an explanation of each reference to add insult to injury. Maybe this Greek reference name-dropping works at the office cocktail parties. Here comes Billy. Man, he is so geeky and special. We love to just listen to him go on about Star Trek. But it doesn't do squat for me in book form. It just annoys me and makes me write mean book reviews on Goodreads. As for other aspects of the book... The writing is flat, the story is not challenging, the narrative is ridiculous, the world itself is extraordinarily derivative, the characters are beyond cardboard, and the action is borderline laughable. For me, it fails on every conceivable front. The audience I can see adoring this would be 10 to 15-year-old kids who've steeped themselves, brackets, for whatever reason, in a resurgence of retro 80s geek nostalgia and get a rush when they recognise a blatant reference to said culture. Blah. Whatever. As with most books that everyone loves, don't believe the hype. Ignore the endless blurbs lining the cover and choking the first few pages. Very few popular things are ever any good. Oh my God, that's so good. Brackets. The Beatles being a notable exception. Oh my God, that's even better. And this book just proves it. (laughs) This book proves the thing I just said was only partially true. Um, This is a horrible thing to listen to. It's yeah, it's not good. It's not good, and I it was Has so it, like not good and specifically not good that I I I decided to just click on his little profile. I, I don't know if I need that. I don't know if I need that in my life. Now Craig's profile. Now I'm afraid that you that you need just a little bit. You need oh, just a little bit because here's it's the, made me like Ready Player One more. I'm afraid <laughs> just reflexively. Here's here's the thing is that I I was expecting this to be about like you know something about maybe some of his nerd habits mm. and some of his like like watching neighbors. I thought. I I thought foolishly that his little bio might be something about books. <laughs> right. But whole no. Doesn't he have a bio on Goodreads? In in mid-2011, I was a 42-year-old American man living in New England and looking to get back into martial arts. Okay. <laughs> I, ha- I had a brief stint in, and then uh, there's a name uh, of, a, of a Japanese place that I'm not going to ruin. Uh-huh. Um, as a teen, and always endeavoured to return to it one day. I'd always admired the discipline of martial arts, not to mention the physical fitness and self-defence skills achievable through dedicated and consistent training. While I was studying the blade. Uh, Like, 
you were but making to, 80s references. But to a level that you just <laughs> cannot fathom. Because he says, now in my middle age, I figured it was either now or never. On and off, I'd researched various martial arts for years to see what would be the best fit for me, ultimately being drawn to Krav Maga for its brutal, no-frills practicality. Mm. Yeah, now, I'm, sure, I'm sure he needs that. He goes on. He goes on to say here, being one who prefers to learn by reading, I began thoroughly scouring the internet for blogs, articles, books, Krav and other Magar blogs, and other, another, <laughs> yeah. Fuck? Oh, well, well, interesting that you laugh because there weren't many. So he made one, craftmagarjourney.com. No. Oh, um, but <laughs> it's up. Oh, it's up. Don't go because I've okay, got okay, I've got okay, a couple okay. of little headlines from it that I don't want you to see. <laughs> he said I wanted a deeper dive. Uh, I wanted a deeper dive than the wildly popular Krav Maga episode on the History Channel's episode of The Human Weapon, which I began to realise was the extent of what most people knew of this martial art, if oh they knew God. anything at all. Normies. I was more than a little frustrated by the lack of information to be found, particularly So this is on Goodreads. Particularly what, Why is he sharing this? <laughs> about what the style involved from a training standpoint. Consequently, what about I... the books? <laughs> right, no. Tell no. me about Narnia. <laughs> but, <laughs> but you, we're, we're getting to why it's on Goodread in a second. Oh, Conse- he's written a book. Consequently, oh, I started a blog about my experiences in Krav Maga, starting from my very first day, called Krav Maga Journey, brackets kravmagarjourney.com. Sure, you can find videos and books of master practitioners demonstrating Krav Maga techniques. But, but did they but have I, an Atari 2600? But, but I sensed there was a definite gap that I could fill with my blog. With boring <laughs> old stupid men. Yeah, and like... The thing, the thing that I found, so basically he started this blog and then he wrote a book called What to Expect When Starting in Krav Maga. Mm. And literally like he hadn't even reached like the top three belts of Krav Maga when he wrote this book. That's fucking, which is that just is the front on that. It is honestly. Someone's, I'm going to learn Krav Maga. Like it's honestly so, so mad. He, he says he's got another guide coming up and a full oh, length good. book that he's going to do. And then... As if he hadn't said Krav Magar enough, the final line here is, you can reach me at kravmagarjourney at gmail.com, on Twitter at kravmagarjourney, or through my <laughs> blog, kravmagarjourney.com. Yeah. So I, I went along, and I'm, I, I, I can't. Here I just he is. can't read very much from it, because there's just, there is too much. Here. Does he maintain that whole, like, Chuck, Chuck Wendigo slash Ernest? Yes, yes 100%. The whole time, right? Yeah. There's so, so tired. I've just grabbed. Well, the first thing is that there's an article on there from September 2012 called "The Gatorade Myth," right. which is a good few hundred words long, right? And then as I kept scrolling, I found that there's an article from February 12, 2013, that's called "The Gatorade Myth Part 2, where he's wow. managed to come up with more information about that. Five months later, the two things that I thought I would read from very briefly are. One's an article from October 3rd, 2015, called The Brain Cycle. Mm-hmm. And it, it just, I think it it possibly highlights how little this man maybe knows about Krav Maga, or yeah. like how little he's been paying attention. I think the most fundamental question you can ask in Krav Maga is, when do I use it? You've got the skills, you've sweated through training, so with a bit of luck, you ought to be able to defend yourself in most self-defense situations. When Mm, confronted with one of an infinite variety of attacks by countless types of attackers in an infinite variety of settings and situations, when do you use Krav Maga? I've read in many books and articles 
that you should first run. Don't be a hero. If you have the opportunity, use it. Run faster than you've ever run before and don't stop until you're a million miles from danger. Seems fair enough, right? Yeah. Then the next... Then the next sentence is, the next choice, if running is not an option, should be to grab a weapon, (laughs) a stick, chair, phone, can of Red Bull, whatever, and bash the attacker. Bash? Is that a Krabagamu? Yeah. No, no. You're supposed to do that before then. It's only after after that that you should use Krabagamu. I didn't um, know. So you have to bash first, crave later. Run, bash, run, crav. bash, crave. Yeah, <laughs> run, <laughs> bash, crave. It's like the new cha-cha slide. Yeah. On the other hand, I've also heard more than once when faced with an attack, you don't think you immediately strike back. So sometimes you don't have to write an article. It's just things you've heard. Like, yeah. Sometimes it's fine to just have heard them. So then I found an article that it was so it was in the middle of like a a run of articles with headlines that were, you know, largely nonsense, but mm-hmm. sort of seemed to surprise me. They seemed to sort of like fit with, with what I would, uh, you know, expect thinking outside the box, fear to freeze up and not speak Krav Magar and fear Kindle versus printed book poll, of course. Oh yeah. that's, that's Black belt achieved. Uh, that was black belt achieved was December 7th, 2014. Wow. The next post was December 28th, 2014. And the the title of the article is a brief note about, and then in scare quotes, the Cosby quote. Oh. And it says, it deeply saddens me to see the allegations coming Bill Cosby's way about his alleged misconduct during the past several decades. If true, and it would certainly seem like at least a large part of the allegations are, given the sheer number of women coming forward to speak out against him, it is utterly appalling, unforgivable, and devastating to the many who grew up admiring the man his humour, myself included. And so he goes on and explains a bit about that. And then he says, I bring this up on the blog because the first two editions of my book, What to Expect When Starting Krav Maga, included one no. of Bill Cosby's quotes. Why? Brackets. Eerily, it was the section about fear. The the quote Why is Cosby always quoting about fear? The quote read, decide that you want it more than you are afraid of it. Disregarding the source of the quote and the reasons Cosby is in hot water for at the moment, I think it's a pretty good quote and appropriate to your mindset as you start and indeed continue mm. your Krav Maga training. However, the source, question mark, Bill, good. Bill freaking Cosby. Oh, yes. <laughs> Slay him. So you'll be pleased to know he that Craig's taken the quote out and he's replaced it with a different quote that he doesn't tell us, which will Craig be available. Maga. Yeah. <laughs> it will be available in in all subsequent oh, printed and digital editions. Wow, I've never been more sure that I could beat a man to the ground <laughs> with <laughs> less effort. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah. So that's powerful. it. So we'll probably get Craig on to chat in in a later episode. Amazing. That'd be good. Yeah, I look forward to it. Well, thanks for that. Powerful well, you're, you're very welcome. Back to the book. Um, we left off, and they were talking about the new kind of parameters with the robes of Anorak. And the upshot is this. They've devised a way to detect if Anorak is nearby. Now, there's a lot of fudging here that I can detect already Sorry, in, well, in the immediate vicinity. Well, the fudging I've recognized is that it was only about one page ago that we found out there was any weakness to this. Yeah, but fortunately, like one cool thing about this is like Faisal was just so on his stuff yeah. that he has already managed to prepare uh like high fantasy named prop mcguffin for each member of our fun foursome 
These are bracelets of detection linked to the robes of Anorak, capital B and D, of course, Faisal continued. They will begin to glow bright red if the robes come within a hundred meter radius of your current location. What, okay, the thing that I enjoy most about Faisal having these is that clearly he's been watching what Wade's been up to. And his initial, <laughs> plan, was to, his initial plan was to give them to all the other members of the board so they could <laughs> find <himself>. Wade. <laughs> Uh, Mr. Watts, <laughs> I know you're here. <laughs> he like turns around in Lehengrin's bed. The O is a zero. To turns around in Lehengrin's bedroom, and there's just everyone stood behind, <laughs> arms folded. Like, come wait, on, <laughs> come on, don't fuck about. We've got shards to find. You're fucking nicked. <laughs> that should prevent Anorak from sneaking up on you, he says. <laughs> Which I can't imagine was the mo <laughs> of a super genius AI. Yeah. Nice, I said, slipping my bracelet on. Thank the engineer for us, which I think is like big, like, oh, cool. Yeah, no, I, I wanted, I'm glad this happened. Like I yeah. was, I was going to get around to making some of these myself. Yeah, it's, it's, it's good. It's good that you can find, and just out of interest, like when we're done, when we found uh, Anorak, we probably won't need these anymore. So yeah. once we find him, everyone hand them back in. <laughs> <laughs> we'll all melt them down. It'll be a whole, you know, like yeah. a ritual we'll kind put, of thing. put them in the museum or something. Yeah. It'll be a big thing. Will, yeah. will you put the robes away? No, no. no. I better look after them. We don't want to fall into the wrong hands yeah, again. That, you know, they, that could be dangerous. <laughs> <laughs> um, the other thing that is now happening in the chapter is Halliday or Anorak AI talks about the big red button in in reference to like this is why he has to go oh, yeah. so hard so hard in this plan because he's could, afraid that they'd shut yeah. it all down none of the other people knew about the big red button it's just wade i think oh, and yeah. so wade now kind of recounts like i mean only for the benefit of a reader who has forgotten the contents of three chapters earlier what the big red button is yeah what it does they do that very tedious thing of talking through all of the potential ramifications that would the world would be thrown into chaos the police wouldn't be able to beat everyone up all day our <laughs> drones wouldn't work like it's the same it's literally the same thing we've heard so many times does, does he tell them about his dream where he was hearing everyone go ah push it <laughs> Like, no. <laughs> fuck he doesn't the salt that, and pepper thing. That'd be very, that doesn't very come funny. up really and then that obscure colin hay song yeah uh no he just talks about how the bee shipping delays <laughs> i'm afraid <laughs> and market crashes and states falling and also um, like sorry like would everyone not die then as well if he did that yeah I, not, it's unclear it's unclear uh, the, it, it, sorry not everyone would die it would do a lobo logout on everyone who is yeah, in yeah. There. so at least, a good a good one in ten would be ready it's the roll of a ten-sided die <laughs> uh whether or not you no you live really ten-sided because most people will still still not be in a good way <laughs> um faisal artemis said turning to face him what would happen to all of Anorak's only hostages if we shut the Oasis down manually by taking all the servers offline one by one? Shoto chimed in. Or even take the whole internet down just for a few seconds. What would happen? Would all the hostages wake up? And he puts, he does a really funny thing here. Because obviously this is like, this to me has the vibe of like, as Ernest has come up with this plot, yeah. he's like in a boat, like in the lacrimose lake, right. where like more and more leech holes are appearing. And he's like, oh, yeah. we'll, I'm going to cover that one. <laughs> And uh, what will yep. happen if we turn the internet off? Oh, and Faisal puts his hand to his ear for the space of two sentences and then goes, no, I'm afraid not. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm Pretty afraid good. not. And also, also the boys back home are saying, no need for any more questions. Yeah, they say, they're saying, <laughs> yeah, the time the questions do. has passed, uh, the time for answers has begun. Uh, do that what you will. Um, they talk a bit more and they 
he puts a very fine point on the fact that Anorak could press the big red button and kill all the hostages himself if he wanted, I think. So yeah. he's got like a failsafe, even if they, even if, you know, they did get back in control of shit, he could just detonate everyone. Maybe that's the reason Anorak broke Sorrento out of prison, Artemis said, so that he could give his robes to Sorrento and order him to press the big red button. Because I think they consider that maybe Halliday designed the button so that you'd have to be a real person to press ah. it. And I guess Sorrento, having faced death row, <laughs> has has lost his mind to the point that he's willing to kill 90% plus of the world. Um, yeah, Shoto said, but if Anorak did that, he'd be killing himself too, wouldn't he? Unless he was a backup, Faisal said. A standalone simulation we don't know about. Like that one TNG episode with Professor Moriarty, Shoto said. Ship in a bottle, H and Artemis said in unison. That's oh, cool. it's good. Because one thing, when the chapters are getting this heavy, you're like, oh, I wish we could reference oh, God, some more stuff. Reference that I could just grab like, hold of a bit of Star Trek here and there to would be ground good. me in this chapter. Yeah. yeah, and we got it. We got it. It's like the totems in Inception. Yeah. Um, H is now speculating about what this siren soul could be. It's like, how could it be worth half a billion people's lives? Like, what the fuck could it be? Og apparently thought it it's was. A <laughs> it's a billion people. Half a billion or one, guys. All in a bubba box from where we were doing brain experiments on them for 20 years. Don't ask them any <laughs> questions about the past. <laughs> um, yeah, so Og, Artemis points out, well, clearly it must be important because like Og has gone along with this rather than just be like, no, I won't. So yeah. there must be like, it must be a big deal. Um, so is it, is, is the idea then that Og probably knows what the prize is? I think that's the implication. Or mm. it's, perhaps it's been explained to him. And like having heard what it is, he's now, yeah, he's like, right, fine. Right. I mean, I have no choice but to do this. Yeah. Because he clearly doesn't want to be finding all these siren shards. No. Because um, it's his wife, right? The siren. Yeah, he doesn't want to remember. It, it would be a shame to like follow someone else's puzzle about how much they wanted to fuck your <laughs> wife. <laughs> the ultimate puzzle cucking. <laughs> Riddle me this, Batman. <laughs> That'd be so funny. <laughs> one of one of the puzzles, like the the final one, is like it's just you. You have to answer this one question, and it's like how many times did Og make her come? <laughs> and unless you, if you've got any number other than zero, zero. <laughs> then you, you you lose all your shots. <laughs> it instantly kills yeah. half a million people. Now there's. One thing this book has not shied away from, and I guess it, now that I hear Craig or whoever that other person was recounting some of RP1, that other book didn't as well, was these big ethical questions like, what if you, what if your aunt got crushed so hard that you had to fuck a sex doll and become hench? <laughs> and one of the ethical questions we now have is, yeah. should we tell everyone about this? Like, this is big news, right? This People got to be knowing. It's like, the you've biggest come news. Clean. It's the four-minute warning, the but for everyone. News ever. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, Hold on, Shoto said. Aren't we going to release some sort of statement to all the Oni users who are being held hostage to inform, of the, to inform them of their situation? Faisal shook his head. I think that'd be an extraordinary bad idea, sir, he said. We don't want to create a global panic or admit any liability for the situation <laughs> until we have no other choice. <laughs> so good, so good. Do you think, like, I, I'm I, my instinct, because I don't like him, yeah. is to assume that... Um, the like Ernest is actually just a big business guy. Like he loves business, he loves business, and therefore that's why he's obsessed with the business angle of it. Or yeah, do maybe. you think that he he is attempting here to make a sort of statement about what businesses be like? In well, these I assume I do assume it's that, but at some point that has to 
have a, a con- like just one yeah. consequence, right? Like so far, because they are- all that they've yeah. achieved is being the biggest and most intrinsic and integral company ever created mm. by following these unethical practices. And they that are just comments on. They are like unequivocally uh, presented as being the good guys. Yeah, yeah. Which absolutely. would imply that like he he thinks that making sure you're not liable is like that's a good thing good. to do. That's a moral. Yeah. <laughs> you have a moral imperative to cover your back yeah. from a visa <laughs> from a legal law. standpoint. <laughs> Uh, so they have a, a, to be honest, a very quick discussion about this, much like, you know, the last one where it was like, should we release the, what, 12 years later, we released a yeah. billion only, and another year later, half a billion people it's, had died. It's, it's like, it's like an always sunny credits gang. Yeah. Should we is. release the Oni? The gang does not release, <laughs> the gang releases the, the Oni to everyone. We told the Oni users the logout issue was due to a, a minor firmware bug. Apologize profusely for the temporary inconvenience. Imagine, the if, imagine if they said a minor in firmware bug, like giving <laughs> the game away. And, uh, you're like this because they do they do come clean. They apologize profusely for the inconvenience and announce that all teleportation fares would be waived until the problem was fixed. Oh, so you might be about to have your brain melted uh, into the grave, but at least you don't have to pay to teleport. You didn't. That's you don't have to pay your bus home. Yeah. Yeah. It, it, also, it'd be very funny if they were like, it's a minor firmware thing. We're looking into it. Also, if we don't solve it in the next 12 hours, you will all die. <laughs> <laughs> we also, and this this is an interesting also, offered to deposit a thousand credits in each only user's Oasis account to help them, quote, make the most of this unfortunate situation. That's pretty nice. <laughs> make, make the most of their final, I mean, their, their next hours. <laughs> that's that's good though, right? Like that's kind of, you know, like they've lost a lot of money. Giving everyone a thousand credits, that's probably a significant amount of money. Yeah, but and they have the, it, they ha- already had it all. Yeah, that's true. But it's still, you know, that's like, value they could have got back to their shareholders and that's the imperative of a company right right right. um and that was in return well it it was in return for digitally signing an agreement stating they wouldn't sue us over the incident is all so i guess it's like tit for tat and and in the in the agreement in the agreement that you signed where you said you won't sue them over it does it mention the whole i think maybe just an incident um unclarified problem yeah Um, there is no evil ai involved in this situation Luckily, though, Faisal told us this was just an extra precaution because, oh, okay. as mentioned, each time our users logged on, they were already clicking agree to an end-user license that clarified oh, sorry. our headsets as experimental sorry. When he tech. said this is just a, a final precaution, he meant, like, for the company legally. Oh, yeah, legally. yeah. Sorry, sorry. Sorry, not like... Did you think for the... For the I thought it was for the, for the, yeah, for the people's safety. Yeah, no, yeah, yeah. No, 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 it's, no, a, it's just they, another precaution for the... For they're the dead and or irrelevant. Yeah, so, yeah. And, yeah. And indeed, like, well, what, they've got, well, they've got a thousand... Of, but they've got a thousand pounds. But what value have they brought other than that? Like, it's kind of none, right? Yeah, I mean, the least they could do is die for the company. Yeah, or, like, come in a spaceship and then, like, have a floating embryo that Wade can do whatever he wants with. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Right, so they sort that out. And having finally dealt with what was, in my and, and your view, the real problem of this kind of business liability absolution situation okay shoto said now we can get to work it must be a real weight off their shoulders which yeah that's it's nice good. to hear agreed Artie said as she stood up but you're gonna have to start looking for the second shah without me what everyone's like the fuck Artie? what do you mean why you're one of our great gunters we can't gun we can't gun solo my jet just reduced its airspeed to link up with a mid-air refueling tanker so it's time to rock and roll which is a cool that's a cool thing to say I that is cool I'm not going to let some two-bit Gandalf wannabe take me hostage," she said. <laughs> and, and can, so, can we just again say that, like, the woman gets 
the like super obvious reference. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, Gandalf, he can, yeah. he cannot help it. I'm not going to let some wizard. Um, <laughs> then she did what none of the rest of us could. She logged out of the Oasis and her avatar disappeared. So she, I think, is the, the implication is she's she about right. to like yeah. jump out of the plane. It seems like <laughs> right. Like, well, what else was it? Well, was gonna, well, there's no point. There's no point refueling if you're going to jump out. True, true. That's true. So I guess she just want, well, why can't I refuel automatically? Plot reasons, I guess. Yeah. Oh, well, weird. What do, you, well, what do you mean? A few seconds later. It, it would, that. How, what do you mean? How can it not refuel automatically? Why does she have to go oh, over to it? Well, I assume she's going to like zoom off to somewhere, steer it off course. Go yeah, maybe. Else, isn't she? Maybe, but also crucially, no. Because oh, okay, what's good, actually going to happen is a few seconds later. So we haven't, you know, we haven't even had time to sort of take in right. a breath. Um, Faisal gets two different calls from Samantha at the same time, a mobile call and a jet call from her plane. And uh, basically it has the tenor of one of those like hostage videos because everything's like shaking around. She puts her arms into the harness of a parachute and does indeed <gasps> jump out oh. of the plane. She pulls on goggles and she's like, woohoo, like jumps out. Yeah. And you're like, that's pretty cool. And I can picture that. Who is it that plays Artemis in Ready Player One? Olivia Cook, I think. Right. And you can picture her. She's got that birthmark, remember? But she's not, but she's, but she's still pretty. Oh my God. Yeah. That's what I heard anyway. Yeah. That's what Wade taught us. Yeah. Um, you can just picture that cool moment where she's like, she'd probably do one of those rock and roll symbols, you know, maybe she like, like does put a her tongue quick, out, like, like smile to camera and then we jump out and you're like, that's very cool. And then again, just a second later, her parachute unfurls revealing the Artemis foundation logo printed on top of it. The one where the adjacent letter T and number three in her name resembled an armored woman in profile drawing back on a futuristic hunting bow. I, when I read that, I had to sit there and think about it for so yeah. long. Like you're drawing a T and you've got a three. And I mean, yeah, kind of, kind of, it's no, a weird looking bow. I'm not, as well, I'm not having it. I am not having it. Another second passes. And this is weird. Um, the plane, <laughs> the plane that was in the sky yeah. suddenly like banks around and aims itself at Artemis <laughs> because Anorak <laughs> is not happy about that this. That would be such a funny And he's shot. basically trying to, trying to ram. Oh shit, I shouted. He's going to ram her. We watched helplessly as the plane just did try and ram <laughs> Artemis. What she does, she like pulls off her parachute a bit too early and lands... She touched down with a jolt that made every bone in my body ache and her vid feed cut to black. <gasps> is she all right? I don't know. I'm trying to call her back, but she isn't answering. And then you think, oh, okay, well, the plane, the plane like swoops past because like, I guess they're on a collision course and she just accelerated in a way that he hadn't calculated for. So she's safe. She, well, I, I assume she could have broken all our big bones. Exactly. Oh, he comes back oh, around. Yep. Um, oh my God, Faisal said, he's going to crash into our landing site. By the time he'd finished saying it out loud, it was already happening. The vid feed cuts to black. The immediate it already area, cut to black. It t- did it twice. <laughs> the immediate area surrounding the crash site had been raised to nothing by the awesome force of the initial explosion. If Samantha or anyone else had been within that radius, they would have been incinerated. The real problem now is the fuel, which had been flung far beyond the blast zone like a botched napalm strike. A dozen different fires now raged across the entire park. It looked like a war zone down there. 
Um, blah, blah, blah. It was impossible to see how many people had been engulfed by the sudden inferno. Anyone who had would be a charred corpse by now. Right. And I knew that any one of those burned bodies <gasps> might belong to Samantha. <gasps> End of chapter. Oh, he does not. He doesn't even tell us if Sammy's okay. But who, let's remember, he has fucked a few times. Oh, not three. Many. Three or four. Three not as many four. as he fucked that doll. Single digit, baby. <laughs> <laughs> That's how Wade does it. Double for the doll. Single for, single single for, the, for the skin. Uh, that's his uh, Single for the skin. You've got to go to prison now. <laughs> I didn't come up with that you idea. Have, that was what I translated via Wade's lovely brain. You have to go to jail. Now, we like to have a theme for these episodes, like the lens through which we were exploring the book. And I think maybe this one is about liability or culpability. Yeah, 100%. Because it's... A chapter that in which like this is the aftermath of the biggest thing that's happened in the book so far and if it isn't talking about why wade isn't a digi cyber pervert for robe of anoraking his way around the private zones of half the citizenry of the oni then it's talking about why they're inured from any possible yeah. business attack that could ever you know fairly take them down for putting very, half a billion people's lives yeah. at risk um and yet one great thing about Wade, and this is where this is where he becomes one of those like protagonists for the ages, you know, like you a can see him in the stars. Figure. Absolutely. Like he's he's the archetype of the warrior. Hmm. Because where I think I would probably like succumb to a lot of that, I'd be like, fuck, I've I've fucked up. Like I've possibly killed more people in one act than anyone else has hmm. ever done. Wade he gets over it. All it takes is a hot girl grabbing well, a, a birthmarked hot girl grabbing his yeah. wrists. Um, and the pummeling stops and absolved is Wade. Of well, all, yeah. And yeah. I think that one of the other things is that like, you wouldn't, you probably wouldn't have thought to make everyone tick an agreement saying that they're not going to sue you for yeah. it. That's why um, like he's shrewd. He's, he's one a, of the great legal he's a minds. business man. He's read the art the of the deal. Boy. Yeah, for sure. And I love that for Wade. And I'm excited to find out what will happen in the next chapter, which just in case anyone's keeping track of the baffling convention is zero, zero, <laughs> one one now is that is it binary like i was just thinking is it saying that this is actually chapter three like i don't i don't know i don't know no i don't think it is i can't see how this is chapter 11 in any sense and i don't know why we're on level five i don't know no i don't think any of that means means anything oh maybe this is level five chapter two then i i I don't know i don't know um Look, we'll be finding out some more about Wade's big adventures in exactly two weeks from today. Uh, And it's going to be huge. You've heard that here first. Before then, though, there's a bunch of other things you could be doing. um, It's true. Kind of interfacing, if you will, with the content that we spew Uh, out of our our digital gullets. You're doing Um, so well. And Declan, why don't you illuminate some of those? Probably best that I do. Go for it. Stop. Don't forget the word Conticlump. Are they okay? Uh, uh, no, yeah, I'm fine. I'm just, um, I was just He's choking something back. Clump. I was just choking something back. That's fine. So there's many, many ways you can get involved. If you want to hear more from this, just, just this show, if you don't give a fuck what we do outside of this show, then you can follow us at Big Bad Rude. Books. I mean, yeah. yeah, like, but each to their own. Mm-hmm. You know, maybe this is enough for you. Maybe once every four months is all you can handle. Yeah. Um, You're a man going your own way. If, however, you would like more of the Shame City content, you can follow on Twitter at Shame City Gang, which is the kind of general hub for the things that mm. are happening. You can also find us at shame.city slash Discord, where there's a very fun Discord, where there's lots of 
good good people good people Useful only stuff that's one yeah. of the rules it's the first rule you have to agree yeah good person before they let you in um and that's kind of like you get notifications there's all sorts of chat there's all sorts of yeah. wonderful stuff you We're can have like there. private conversations with people one-on-one and and rest assured that we aren't like f- watching them with our robes of we will powers. not be doing that we and don't have there's that a little thing that goes off when we are so yeah. you're, you're fine, yeah, yeah. you're covered. You're but if you, if you do find that we are doing that, we're not liable in any way. Yeah, by if we are doing to this, join the Discord, like, the, yeah. you can't do this for Well, us. actually, by listening to this show, we've already been in your house. Yeah. <laughs> Bad luck. You're, you're kind of like, they're retconning in some kind of vampire law that if you listen to someone's podcast, you can go into that, that house. That counts as letting <laughs> yeah. them in. Yeah. You um, crawl in through their speakers. You can find us also, we do streaming. Mm. We stream games over at twitch.tv slash shame city or shame.city slash twitch it depends yeah. on which way around you want to do it yeah. um and that's normally Flexible. monday to thursday starting around nine going to around sometime around 11 every yeah. now and then there's like little extra bits here and there but we're feeling generous sometimes it goes later it's crazy wow. sometimes it starts later yeah <laughs> often get in the discord later. or on the twitter and you'll get notifications or if you follow you get notifications as well as we mentioned shame. City. yeah that's the website and as yeah. we mentioned earlier there's patreon.com slash shame city mm. where we've just rebooted rejigged and kicked back into action the bonus content that's going out Basically each week, even though it's we crazy. haven't forced it. That's yeah. a show called CUPS. No one knows what it's about and it's very good. Yeah, really well received so far. We've been loving the feedback. What What if someone wanted to give feedback, Isaac? What could they do? Uh, they could keep it to themselves, first of all. And if it were anything like Craig's feedback, that is. <laughs> if it was something a little more positive, constructive, and less just a list of things you've seen and heard of, then by all means, although actually thinking about it, I would love someone to leave a review for the podcast in the style of Ready Player Ernest Prose. Oh, God. That would be really good. In fact, I'll go so far as to say, if anyone does that and it it generates even more than a snort of appreciation from either of us i will send you a prize of some kind a digital <gasps> wow prize. he will so there you well. go and to do that review uh the five star review to be specific yeah. it's shame.city slash book review yeah <laughs> is it an s <laughs> I think it's that's for you re- to find i think out. it's book review yeah who knows it might be both it might be it's one or the other or both yeah. uh or all three that's basically a little like <laughs> online puzzle hunt for you it's a gun why don't you gunt yourself over to the reviews don't page? Don't do that. Don't, gun to hoy. Do not You're use that verb. Do not to yourself or anyone else. <laughs> um, that's about it. We'll be back in two weeks with this show. Tass, our other show, That's a Shame, is out every other Sunday. Shame.city slash Tass. You know where all the fucking stuff is. I have faith in your ability to find it all. Um, show notes has links as well. Good luck with those. I don't know where they go. <laughs> um, it's random every week. Um, yeah, this has been an episode of Big Bat Books. We're thrilled to be back. Be- not least of all, in fact, only because it means one chapter of ready player two closer <laughs> to the fucking robes of anorak show showdown that will no doubt end this uh this beautiful work and then at long last we can breathe a sigh of relief as declan straps in for five to seven years of pure <laughs> rand <laughs> in season oh, two I, that's one huge. of isaac's bit, bits that he does it's not it's not what we're uh, gonna might it, it might do it's until fun. next time this has been Big Bad Books, the podcast where we read them so you don't have to. I've been Isaac, you've been. I, I've been Declan. See you in the Eula. Keep content. Keep content.